Help on my children's pastor is sponsored in part by drawyouapicture.com where you can get your next ministry logo designed from scratch for as low as $99. View the gallery, see what I've done for others and see what I can do for you at drawyouapicture.com. This is Help on my children's pastor episode 8. Welcome back to Help I'm a Children's Pastor, where we're focusing on the needs of the everyday children's minister. This is episode eight, brought to you the week of July 9th, 2011. And I'm your host, Pastor James Kennison, children's pastor at uh, Suncoast Cathedral in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, Sorry, I haven't done a show since May. My goodness, my goodness. But life's been crazy. And uh, you know how, you know that wonderful thing called balance? Um, When you lose balance in your life, and it happens usually after uh, something kind of dominates your time, like, I don't know, a new ministry, like a new move to Florida and all that, yeah, it kind of throws things off. So apologies all around, but um, I thank you uh, for those of you that have continued uh, your emails and support and uh, sending in questions and ideas and resources and those that have stayed subscribed uh, to the to the podcast uh, feed today we're going to be talking about um, children's sermons, how I prepare them, um, how I suggest you prepare them. It's not the way, but I think it's. I don't know. I've been doing this for over ten years now, and I will say that this is the way that I will prepare a sermon, whether I'm going from curriculum or going from scratch. Uh, this is uh, this is a hot topic in children's ministry. It's uh, one of the top related searches. When you look up children's church or children's ministry in Google, so I figured I'd hit this since so many people are looking. Um, now I understand when they're using those keywords, they're probably just looking for children's sermons. But what they really need is the ability to create their own. And uh, so you know you can you can give a man a fish or teach a man to fish, and, and this show is all about teaching you uh, and training you how to do uh, what God's called you to do. So, um, first of all, I want to tell you a couple things. One is, um, I went to Ireland. I got the opportunity to go to Ireland to do some children's ministry. Uh, we went over for a 10 day missions trip. Our young adult, uh, ministry here at Sun Coast was heading over and more and more stuff was getting dropped, uh, in their lap, uh, for this convention, this, this nationwide convention over there. And, uh, when, when, um, the youth with the, when the young adult pastor sat me down for a lunch and said, you know, they want us to do a preteen ministry. I said, well, why don't, you know, I could train you to do it. Uh, and I could try in a couple of days, but why don't you, why don't you ask them if they want me to come? And, uh, you could just tell that was a huge relief because they were going over to do something else. They wouldn't be able to, uh, to handle that. They would just be taking over some materials and, and some training for the people that were doing it. Well, anyway, long story short, they talked to the folks, and they said, oh, we'd love it. And uh, I ended up doing six two-hour services in a row. Uh, well, there was one break uh, on night, uh, between night five and six. But, man, that was a lot of, that was a lot of work, a lot of children. Um, there was about 60 of them, and uh, they were uh, – over there they call it fifth and sixth class. So I don't know if that translates directly to fifth and sixth graders, but it was definitely that tween – 
not quite 13 group. And uh, it was a, it was awesome. It was awesome. The Irish kids are awesome. They've got a great sense of humor. They're a little bit snarky, uh, meaning they'll, they'll talk smack back to you, which I love. I love that stuff. Uh, like I, for instance, I was picking on a kid and, uh, as she was trying to earn the right to get her uh, a prize, a suite as they call it. And I was just picking at her, picking at her, picking at her. And she was too old for that. She was too grown for that. So she rolls her eyes and she's like, um, how, how much longer till I get the suite? <laughs> and she wasn't being a, a rear. She was, uh, she was smiling and, uh, it was hilarious. She knew the tricks, you know, their, their sense of humor is so advanced if you ask me, but uh, Ireland is gorgeous, beautiful. And I thank God for the opportunity to be able to go, um, and do ministry over there next year. They're talking, you know, that they may want to have me back and train, uh, children's ministers, uh, from all over Ireland in a uh, special children's ministry conference. So I'm honored and humbled and uh, just elated. And I hope to be able to take my family next time. And just let me tell you, Ireland is exactly like the postcards. I kid you not. I'll try to put some a link to the photos that I took, a few of them, uh, in the show notes over at helpimychildrenspastor.com. And uh, you can see the view just from the room, the building that I was doing uh, children's church from we were in Cork was which is about as far south as you can get. Uh, we were right near the water, near the ocean or the bay as they call it. Uh, and there were cliffs and there was a uh, some ruins from an old lighthouse. Oh, right there in the fog and the rain and pigeons the size of chickens. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was awesome and uh, just thank God for the opportunity. Here's a guy that hasn't been anywhere in his life uh, outside the states. And in a year, I've been able to do children's ministry in Spain and in uh, Ireland. So I thank God for that. I really, really do. But that stuff comes out of my overflow. My main focus, as always, is right here in beautiful St. Petersburg with my brand new church, even though it's creeping up on two years in November. Um, still still uh, learning uh, with the new culture around me. Um, communicating and connecting with parents and uh, creating a summer full of fun for all my kids. So we've had a blast. We've been doing movie days and bounce house days and parents have been coming out. It's been awesome. So anyway, that's enough of that update. Let's get into the topic, which is children's sermons. Okay. The first thing that I would suggest you do is please do not do what I see so many people do. They, They go into a magic shop or they... They go somewhere and they see a very cool object lesson and they buy it and I hear them say it. They say it to me all the time. I'm going to create a service or a sermon around this. And maybe we're talking semantics here, but to me, that's one of my peeves because are we preaching the gospel? Are we trying to get kids connected to God or are we trying to show off our latest toy? Okay, the way I do it, and, and again, it's not necessarily the right way. I believe it is. I believe this is the way it should be done. I keep all these things in mind, and I may purchase this item just like you, just like you know th- this other person would have. But I will set it aside, or I will put it in my mind, or write it down in a book or a notebook or something, um, and and I will remember that. And when God directs me to teach on a certain subject where that would be a perfect illustration, then I pull it out. And I use it. You see the difference, though. I, I think it makes all the difference in the world is, is I'm not teaching 
to be cute or entertaining, I, I, you know, I wait until that illustration uh, presents itself in a natural way. And, and, and so I always urge people, don't start with a prop. Don't even start with a topic necessarily. Um, start with a Bible story or a verse a section of the Bible that you want to teach out of and find and pull that that knowledge, that, that, that wisdom out of that. Study that scripture just like a senior pastor would. And what does that want to say? Um, you know, I know children's ministry tends to be pretty topical, meaning you find a topic uh, and, and, and then you find scriptures to support it. But when you go to Bible school or if you have any training at all, they're going to tell you um, that the great men have said uh, at most – teach a topical sermon that that would be a sermon on a topic uh, where you start with the topic. They say at most do it once a year and then pray for forgiveness. That's kind of a uh, a saying that goes around because what you really want to do is you want to start with your verse or your Bible story and pull truth out of that rather than the risk is if you start with a topic that you want to talk about, then you go out and try to find scriptures to support it. Are you support? Are, you're, you run the risk of making the Bible say what you want it to say, rather than making you know finding out what the Word of God is actually saying for itself. And though it's an extreme case and all that, you know every cult, every uh, schism of Christianity has started from some sort of focus on a topic and then pulling Scripture. To back it up, so it's just best if you start with the story of Gideon, or start with you know the good old fashioned uh, you know, Noah's Ark, and and all these kinds of things, and and then read through that in your own devotion time, and and write you know have a book nearby, and if you if a topic comes to mind, jot it down. But at least then the topics are coming from the text, and the scriptures, and all that kind of stuff, not the other way around. You understand what I'm saying? I hope so. Uh, if you do with a start, if you do start with a topic, though, and it's going to happen, it is. It's not like it's evil. It's just not suggested. Uh, make sure it's it's supported in Scripture. Don't pick and choose. Find a story that backs it up. Um, matter of fact, you know, once you've studied Scripture enough and you and you know the word, you'll find that you do think of. The moment you you find something like um, clicks or or you want to talk about supporting your parents or loving God or you know whatever it is, you'll find yourself automatically jumping to a scripture or a Bible story that automatically ha- teaches that because you've you've already done it, you've already kind of went through it and found it um, instead of having to go hunt for something. Uh, so. You know, if I'm going to talk about, I don't know, uh, obedience, I immediately think, uh, I mean, there's hundreds of of suggestions, but one of them is the uh, Elijah and the widow woman uh, who was going to uh, make some uh, oil or make some bread for her her son and her, and then they were going to die. And he tells her, nope, make it for me. And she looks at him like she's crazy, and she does it, and and they, they pour out all the wine and all this, that, and the other. I mean, uh, the, the oil, and they have enough to sell and buy, and buy food. Um, you know, there's there's an example, and I don't have to create three points that are right there. You know, that God God may ask you to do something that sounds crazy, that doesn't make sense, uh, but but obey Him instead of looking at the circumstances. Look at Him. There's point two and point three. The rewards are, 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 are not, maybe not even rewards, but the outcome is God will bless you. There it is. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so anyway. 
that the, that is uh, my my suggestions on on starting your services. Make sure you you, you know you don't start topical. Start with start with the Bible. Um, number two, thing two, choose a main point. Um, you know, whenever you're writing a paper, you know, back in school they told you what is your subject. You know, what is your main idea? And I always like to to write it out like this. It's almost like a mission statement for the sermon. And I'll put it right at the top of my notes. I write, um, I write out uh, what I want kids to hear as a result of listening to the sermon. And I try to make it super tangible. That's my key phrase that I got from a buddy of mine named Kevin Brown. He's a, he's a minister at my old church, Sheffield. He, uh, he, he, he coins the phrase super tangible. Um, in other words, what do I want to change in my kids as a result of listening to this sermon? I don't want to give them some up-in-the-air concepts uh, that, that can't be rooted and grounded in reality in, in their life um, that can't be lived out. So what do I want them to change when I hear the sermon? And that's my main point. Kids will learn today that obedience uh, leads to the blessings of God or leads to a blessed life or, um, you know, obedience opens the doors for God to move, you know, whatever it would be. Um, but I want to make it super down to earth, tangible. What can it be? What can it mean in their life? Uh, then I'm going to find a memory verse. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a simplified version of your main supporting text. And let me, uh, let me define and illustrate, um, a simplified version. I'm I'm a big fan of A's and B's behind my my my, my uh, memory verses because the point with a memory verse anymore in a children's church setting is you're really not going to get that kid to memorize that verse in the service. They're going to do that, you know, if you hand them a take home paper or something. Uh, the point um, with a memory verse is, is something to help them to remember what they talked about, just to get a little squeeze of the word of God in them. Uh, literally and right there. So I don't have a problem with cropping out a part of the verse that doesn't apply or that re-says. The Bible's really big on you will live and not die, They meaning they say it and then they say it opposite. you know. And honestly, in a memory verse, I don't need both halves. So if there's a way to do that, I'll do it. And then I, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to jumping versions either. Um, I like CEV a lot of times, uh, the contemporary English version for memory verses. I'm not a fan of the message because as as you know, awesome as adults think it is and, and believe it is, and it is uh, for kids, it tends to be a little bit too amplified. It's got a little bit too much wording in it. Um, it's a little too artsy fartsy, if you don't mind me saying that uh, for kids. Uh, <clears throat> and you know, of course, the NIV is really good. Uh, it's a standard, you know. And then then the good old fashioned KJV with all of these thousand therefores. If it fits, if it works, if you know, I'll use KJV if it's something that ninety percent of my kids, you know, already are familiar with. But um, sometimes just to get a different spin on it to help them to remember. Uh, like if I'm teaching on John three sixteen, you know, I ain't gonna use the standard one because they know it. I want to challenge them, make them think. So I'm gonna pull another version in. Doesn't matter which one, whatever works for you. Um, okay, so uh, you, you can simplify it. I, you know, just as long as you don't change the core of what it means. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing a little dot dot dot, and you will be blah 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 blah. Uh, because you know they don't need to know all the all of it. Okay, um, they can always go home, read it, check it out, da da da. And if you have if you have a take home paper, put the whole thing in there. That way, they know they've just gotten a preview of it. Um, I am always a big fan of uh, 
part three here is uh, pick a catchphrase. We call it a big idea. It's, an, it's something that, that I was doing before, and I called it the can of the week. And I always, talking about super tangible, um, I would turn the, whatever our main uh, mission statement, our main topic was, I would turn it into a can statement. And we actually put it in a paint can and all this. And the kids came up and opened it and read whatever it was. Uh, but I can obey God or I can, um, you know, do what God wants me to do, whatever, whatever it was. Um, that's, that's what that statement was. I've since uh, done what Brian Dollar does, um, out there in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he has the big idea. Um, I had the big deal before I met him and his curriculum. And so I changed it up to the big idea, but, uh, he, he'll, he'll have a super simple summary of the lesson and even has motions with it. So, uh, hey, what's the big idea? The little the little voice will say, and all the kids stand up and say it. I can obey God, or it'll even rhyme sometimes. Um, even if he asks me weird, I will do what Jesus said. You know that doesn't rhyme, doesn't make any sense, but you get my point. And they will move. They will do motions. They'll point to God. They'll cross their heart. You know, whatever they got to do to get it out. And, it, and what it does for your kids is it gives them something to remember. I, I'll even tell them when your parents ask you on the way home what you learned. Don't be telling them oh, I learned about God because I will tell your parents to knock you out. Um, what you need to do is tell them this, and then we'll do the big idea. I can't obey God because I'm not a clod, you know, or whatever it is. Um, so there you go. Big, I love catchphrases, and it's something you can repeat throughout the service. Um, you can always refer back to, and at the very, very end, I always do a little bit of a review. We review the verse and the big idea, the catchphrase. Um, the next thing is study, study, study. If you're doing your job right, um, it's you, you, you're doing as much studying as your senior pastor is doing on this topic, because just like he's digging for God's truth, you, you need to do nothing less for your kids. You know, we 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 children's pastors are so so quick to jump up and and fly the flag of of uh, of children's ministry that we are underappreciated and that children are the church of now, not just the future and and all this. But then, yet we'll preach out of a curriculum. I mean, like right up there, and that we looked at Saturday night. Um, if you truly believe children are the future and that they are important, then. You know, uh, you need to you need to put it in your sermons and prove it. Uh, study, study, study. Now we're we're digging for the real truth of God. We're digging for the deep things of God. But then you have to balance that against this phrase: apply and simplify. See, in my opinion, children's ministers have a harder job. If you're doing your sermon prep right, you have a harder job than some, uh, uh, I won't say the senior pastor out of respect, because Lord knows his job's the hardest in the planet. But other pastors, other d- uh, departmental pastors, yours is harder, because you don't just dig for the truth. You have to find that deep, deep truth. And then you have to go the extra mile of applying it to your kids' lives, what what works and what doesn't work for them. Because there's some things that just don't apply to kids, okay? there's just, There are. Like the Gadarene demonic, there's nothing about that story that applies to your six-year-old. Okay, I don't. They don't need to know he was naked or kicked, as my three-year-old son says. They don't need to know about demons and the pigs. Um, it's just it. It's for middle school, in my opinion, and up. Okay, uh, if they can't understand it and process it, it's not for them to know yet. And that goes for anything, not just the Bible. 
but apply it to their lives and then simplify it. Again, we're not starting with this. What do my kids need to know about this? We start by digging in and finding the truth of the Word of God and then laying the uh, mesh of reality over top of it. Um, I, 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 I want to lead them in what to do with the information. That's what I mean by apply. I want to tell, I don't want to just tell them that it's good to obey God. I don't want to just tell them, um, you know, that there's blessings in a, in a, an obedient lifestyle and that God f- f- uh, shows favor to those who, who follow his ways. I, I want to, um, show them how to obey. I want to put myself in their situations in the in the moments where they they have to choose whether right and wrong. What can they do? How how can they rely on the Holy Spirit to direct them and guide them? What is going to be the key thing that will help them remember in those in the heat of the moment that they need to follow uh, what what we're talking about here, the will of God. So apply and then simplify. Make sure it's on their level. We're not talking about watering stuff down. We're talking about cutting it up into smaller bits. And speaking of smaller bits, I'm moving on to my next point, segments. I'm a huge fan of segments. If I have a three-point sermon, a four-point sermon, I'm not I'm not going to preach them all at the same time. I'm going to um, you know, do an intro. I'm going to do uh, an introduction to the sermon. I'm going to do an offering and then maybe a game and then point one. And then we're going to come in with praise and worship and maybe the, the victory verse review and then point two. And then we're going to um, you know, have a, a video illustration or, or an act, a character come in or whatever. Then we're going to do praise and worship. And then right after praise and worship, point three comes in and maybe a little bit more worship and then altar time. I don't know. That's kind of the general uh, flow of my service. And some people, they, they put all their preaching in one time, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But I watched kids. I always watch the kids. And if they're checking out because we've gone 15 minutes, 20 minutes preaching solid, then, um, then, then we're hurting ourselves. And I found that I actually get probably a full half hour of preaching in when I chop it up into three or four segments, because I can stretch, I can, I can, I can cheat a little. Instead of doing five minutes, I can do seven minutes here, or even get away with ten minutes, and I haven't lost them. Then we do three or four other things and come back in. Well, Pastor James, aren't they aren't they getting lost? And are are they going to be at? no? Because at the beginning of every segment, I do a tiny little review. And I'm like, we were talking about three things about obe- obeying God. Sometimes. It, it might he might ask you to do something weird. That's right. And the second one we talked about is is um but do it anyway or whatever it is and help him to help him to review. Now we're gonna go to our third thing. Not only that, but every song, every game, every big idea, every thing we did uh directed kids back to our main topic. Everything that mission statement that I said that I wrote right up at near the, near the front. So uh, segments, very important, very key, even with preteen groups. Uh, break it up into segments. Um, and then illustrate your points. Um, I've heard children's pastors say, don't, tell, don't talk about anything without something in your hand. And the only exception to that is if you're a good storyteller. Man, you know, stories are awesome. You can tell stories and illustrate your points. You can pull kids up and illustrate uh, Bible stories just impromptu by moving kids around like mannequins. Um, you know, uh, I've got other podcasts on how to create object lessons. 
um, and games and things that help illustrate. Man, I'll use a game to illustrate a point if I have to. Uh, there's there's no problem with that. Matter of fact, in Ireland, we talked about all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. And so we did a game where kids tried to stack Play-Doh as high as they could. Uh, you know, a freestanding structure. It's 60 seconds. We gave it to them. Well, then I pull out a rod with a, uh, a tape mark on it. And I said, oh, oh, none of your guys measure up. They're not tall enough to even make it as a winner of the game. But then I had a box that said Jesus on it, and I put both the structures on that. That, And, of course, it exceeded the uh, the the minimum measurement there. And, and it was just a reminder, and it allowed me to illustrate that without Jesus, none of us measure up. None of us, uh, all of us fall short of the standards to go to heaven. Uh, but with Jesus' help and, and because of his glory and because he died on the cross for us, yes, we, you know, uh, we're able to when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. You know this. Um, so anyway, there you go. Illustrate your points. I don't care how you do it, but every single point. All I mean, if you're only doing three points, four points, whatever, illustrate them. Find a way to break it down and apply it and simplify it for their for those kids. You know, maybe maybe your points might remind – okay, here's the way I do it in a nutshell. Uh, with with object lessons, what in real life does automatically what you're trying to illustrate the spiritual truth does? Okay, obedience. Um, one of my favorite object lessons for obedience uh, leading to the blessings of God, because um, it's kind of an abstract concept. Otherwise, is I will pour water slowly out of a pitcher that I hold over my head. Um, you need a pan to catch the water underneath, and then I have a cup that I hold uh, off to the right or the left. And as I'm pouring this water, I talk about a life, a Christian life, who doesn't obey God. Um, and, and the blessings of God are always there, but we don't feel Him. We don't know Him. We feel like He's far away. Uh, but God doesn't move. It's us. It's us telling Him that we need Him to leave, and, and we're going to do things our own way. And meanwhile, the, the blessings of God are just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. But when I obey Him, I align myself with His will. And as I do that, I come, and I'm moving the cup underneath, and it begins to catch the water. Um, you know, it's not that my obedience earns uh, blessings. I can't earn them, but what it does is it aligns my life with what God's doing in the world and what God wants to do in my life, and I automatically begin to receive the rewards that He was pouring out all along. You see, what I'm saying that's pretty strong. It proves a point, and it's. Uh, I think it would work for grownups. So whatever it is, um, find what automatically does what you're trying to illustrate, uh, and, and and use that. Hammers. Hammers have two jobs. Uh, I talk about this when when I'm talking about uh, kids that that kids basically need to uh, obey their parents and study and show themselves approved. Um, you know, kids can do all kinds of other things. Hammers can be used for all kinds of things, but they were only created for two purposes. You can break windows with hammers, but they were created to drive nails and pull them out. That's it. Anything you do with it was beyond what they were created to do. And uh, so, anyway, it's a way to just simplify things. Uh, and illustrate them for kids. Last but not least is that call to action. Um, your mission statement at the beginning. Uh, what did? What was the super tangible thing that you wanted your kids to come away with? Well, now it's time to challenge them. And a call to action is actually a term from the advertising world that I've chose to pull in here. Um, when I do my podcasts, uh, my other podcasts, I have sponsors. And when I read my messages, uh, my sponsors' messages, there's a call to action. And you're familiar with it, whether you know it or not. You know, call now. Call. Uh, you know, you need this this product. Call today. One eight hundred. Blah blah blah. Da 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 da. And then you repeat it. Uh, we've heard it at the end of every commercial, every you know uh, 
uh, ad that goes like that on the radio, especially it's called a call to action. And that altered time needs to be the same way. It's I'm, I'm totally opposed to telling kids what to do in the altar. Lift your hands right now. Begin to call. You know, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't do that because I don't want kids to learn to fake it. Okay. I don't want them to learn um, to just be mindless sheep. Okay. I want them, but I have no problem in directing them. And it's all in your verbiage and the way you do it, the way you, the way you bring it out. Um, I really struggled with this in Ireland too because I did not want to force these Christian kids who had been forced probably in the past to to be some sort of some sort of spiritual performance artist. So God says, but James are kids and they learn by imitation and they need to be directed. And so I will suggest things to them. I will give them things and I will challenge them. I have no problem with challenging them. You know, I dare you get out of your seat and come forward if you need blah, 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 blah. If you're struggling with so such and such, if you're struggling with rebellion, if you don't like authority, if you, if, if other people, um, if your teachers and your parents and they, they know that you struggle with obeying, I dare you, I challenge you, come down here, get on your knees and begin to talk to God and we will pray with you. You know, there, there's, that's different than get up everybody, come down here, you're all rebellious, <laughs> get your stinking little selves down here and start calling on God. Um, uh, or, or, you know, but I dare you, or I challenge you, or if you will, if you feel God calling you, make your way down here, uh, lift your hands to God and begin to talk to him. Uh, so, you know, whatever that is, but what will the kids be dealing with? Here's how to, here's how to figure out a good altar time. They don't happen by accident. Um, in advance, you need to write a little paragraph or a little sentence or two. What is, uh, what is God wanting from those kids? What is the, what was the outcome that you wanted? And then what will kids be dealing with that is going to keep them from that outcome? See, that's what altar times are about. It's not just to come down and agree with the sermon. If you think that obeying God is important, then come down here and pray. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's a waste of time. But what is standing in between your main topic and their soul? What is going to be there? You got to put yourself in their shoes. Is it attitudes? Are, 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 um, are kids dealing with in, in, um, uh, inconsistent mentors and, and guides, you know, like maybe their own folks or older brothers and sisters. What what do they struggle with? Do they have? Do, are they not sleeping enough? Are they watching too much television, playing video games? Are their priorities jacked up? I don't know. Do they have bad friends? But you you know you need to, and maybe you don't know, but you you tell them this and you say, look, um, obedience doesn't come naturally to humans. We obey ourselves. We obey our flesh. So, you know, maybe maybe it's just you. You say, I, I want to, but I can't. Um, and talk about Paul a little bit, about how uh, he, he said the same thing. Um, uh, it's thorn in the flesh and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, pull them down to the altar and, and really just get them. Get them. And um, ask, you know, what will the Holy Spirit be convicting them of? That's, that's basically the question. You want to kind of be able to, predict that not predict it like a psychic but you know just logically know what what would you be struggling with if somebody told you about obedience well priorities for one and just down at the bottom of the list somewhere is willpower and self-control and the fruit of the spirit um just being able to do at the end of the day what you're supposed to do whether it's fun or whether it's not so um call to action it's huge well, I hope that helped a little bit. Children's sermons, it, it's not really techniques on how to, do, how to deliver them. It's just how to build them, how, to, how, I, how I do it, the guidelines that I use. 
And um, I hope it's been a benefit to you. If you have any questions or anything, you can always hit me up at uh, helpimachildrenspastor.com or helpimacp at gmail.com is the email address. Or call me, 2095-NL-CAST. Resource for this uh, show, I have found something called Workflowy. Workflowy Workflowy.com. W-O-R-K-F-L-O-Y.com. And it is the simplest thing in the planet. All it is is a way to make bullet lists. And if you're like me, you love bullet lists. And if you don't like bullet lists, you need to be more like me because they are awesome. And I I suggest you go to Workflowy, look at their tutorial. Otherwise, you're not going to know what in the world this is and how to use it. And and it's one of those things like microwaves were in the 80s. Uh, everybody's like, why do I need one until they got one? And then they're like, wow. Workflowy helps you create bullet lists that infinitely drill down. For instance, my top-level workflowy, I have goals, projects, chores, thoughts, and links. Now, that was their suggested top five. I haven't put anything under links yet, have very little under thoughts. But under projects, it breaks down to church, podcast, devotions, and um, Jenna's webcomic. That's a project that I'm working on on the side. Um, but under church, I've got summer activities, website, BGMC, nursery, juniorville, kid city, JBQ, missionettes, rangers, policy, odyssey, middle school ministry. I've got all of this going down, drilling down, and it helps me keep all, it basically helps you organize your brain and it's fully searchable, just like Google. Um, it's private. You can share things with other people. Matter of fact, I do a podcast where all my show notes are, are delved out into these bullet lists, and I share just that segment. You could you could work on this with your group. You could use it to share um, your order of service. You could use it to create your summer activities like I did, movies, um, July, BGMC Emphasis. I have all this stuff mapped out in here, and it really helps keep me organized. I can access it. There's no apps or anything, but I can access it on the web. It works really good in all your uh, – your phones, your Androids, and your your iPods, and all that stuff, iPhones. Um, but uh, it's great. I keep it open in my application or my uh, web browser all the time. Workflowy.com has really been helping me keep organized lately. There's no pings, there's no reminders, there's nothing like that. It is a place for you to put your thoughts, your ideas, and organize them in a way that you could find them again later. It's like a copy of your brain, and it's great. Um, here's some of your input. Now, forgive me if I've read these before, then they're just due to be read again. Okay. Because, uh, I've, I've, it's been since May and I can't recall. I know a couple of them are new, but here we go. Hey James, I've been listening to your show since, uh, 2007. I really enjoy it. And I've used several of your ideas over the years. I'm currently a children's pastor in North Carolina In listening to the podcast about communication. You mentioned about a form that you fill out for your current pastor. Is there any way I could get a copy of that? I need to increase my communication to my pastor and do not want to recreate the wheel. Also, if you know any other ways to increase communication and trust between me and the pastor, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Well, Michael, um, basically, here it is. If you don't want to recreate the wheel, the first question on the list is, uh, what did you accomplish this week? The second one is, what projects are in progress? Third, uh, what are any sources of, inf- of frustration that you had this week? Three, um, uh, or four rather, uh, wh- what do you need to meet with a pastor about this week? And then go back to number one. And the first one was, what was the best thing that happened this week and why? Okay. What was the best thing that happened this week and why? Two is, uh, what did you accomplish this week? Three, what projects are in progress? Four, um, 
what what were frustrations that you dealt with this week? And then five, uh, what do you need to meet with the pastor about this week? As far as uh, other ways to increase communication and trust between you and the pastor, uh, just finding out what his vision is and uh, and accomplishing that. Um, in my situation, my pastor used to be the children's pastor, and he has a few things that he wanted to do before he left the position. And uh, I now get the opportunity to help my pastor's dreams literally come true by, you know, just sitting down talking with him, asking him what, you know, what were these things, and then doing them. Uh, so it's it's a very unique situation, but it's not much different than anybody else's as far as how to communicate. You know, um, set up set up a time once a month where you and him, you know, take him out to lunch. And uh, or even do a standing meeting and just you know sit down and talk to him, tell him what's going on. But mostly, here's the thing: go there with the um, with the task of giving more than you receive. You know, because he needs support, he needs your prayers, and so when you sit and meet with him, don't just drain him, don't make him hate uh having met with you by you know you just dumping all your complaints and problems and all that um you know there's a way to sandwich those things between good stuff that's really going on it'll also help your attitude quite a bit to be thinking of those uh but anyway just just be mindful of that that he's a person and uh anyway there you go all right uh, uh this one says hey i really enjoy your show i want to thank you for your wealth of information you're willing to share I listen to your podcast talking about different software you use. Moving from the video ministering to the children's church was an easy transition for me, except for the fact that the funds for children's church uh, is used for everything except technology. That being said, I didn't have the funds to purchase another license for the Adobe Suite, so I went out on search and found a great product that fits all of my needs for around 40 bucks. www.avs4u.com make, makes an entire suite of audio and video software. Right now, it's only $39. Of course, it isn't as robust as some of the other software out there, but from what most children's pastors would use it for, it might just be what they need. Uh, thanks, Robert. That's awesome. All right, James, two sites that I found that allowed other another several weeks of brand new countdowns. Uh, MuddyRiverMedia.org. Countdowns, I just changed the music and uh, with game and cartoon remixes that I found on YouTube. He says, I edited some of the five-minute ones to make them three to one-minute versions. I added a buzzer at the end, a cow sound, an explosion, whatever gets the attention at zero. And also, freecountdowns.net, a few fun ones. Again, I added music. Thanks for keeping doing what you're doing. Dean in Wichita. So muddyrivermedia.org, freecountdowns.net, a couple more spots for uh, some, some digital content, free stuff. Uh, hello, this is Chris Johnson from freeloops.com. We're, we are an audio sound production company that specializes in providing high-quality audio for students, faculty, nonprofit agencies, and projects. Our resource is 100% free and has loads of free content for your users. Uh, we currently have over 8,000 loops, sounds, tutorials, and software downloads available to the public. Uh, we're hoping you could offer our services um, in, uh, and let's see. I think it is at remix.digit. Hold on. I've, I've been here, but I've got to check it here. Live to hard drive. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. 
Okay. Well, apparently I read all that and they did not include a link. So, oh, no, here it is. <laughs> if we can offer to help at all, or you happen to have questions about freeloops.com, it's free-loops.com. They just didn't have it highlighted or bolded or whatever. Um, but free-loops.com, and uh, there's a bunch of sounds and stuff. And that apparently is the sound of a peacock. The commercial beat. They got some loops and stuff as well. So uh, check them out and see if it fits your needs. It's a bird whistle. It's called More Cowbell. All right. Well, anyway, free loops, free loops.com. Another resource there from our listeners. Um, there you go. Hey, uh, you know what? The, the last thing I will share with you is I've been checking out the Wow. Um, 2007 through 2010 uh, DVDs that are at your local Christian bookstores. They're full of uh, music videos for preteens and up. And um, I've been able to use a few of them in children's ministry. Uh, so they're, they're just great. I love playing music videos for the kids uh, before service and after service during pickup and uh, drop off. So uh, if you, uh, if you need some music videos, Christian music videos, the Wow, um, 2007 through 2010, uh, should be available at your local Christian bookstore. Until uh, next time, uh, make sure that you check us out at helpimachildrenspastor.com. Join the forums. You can email us, helpimachcp at gmail.com, or call us, 209-5-NLCast. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash NLCast, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash NLCast. Leave us an iTunes review if you haven't yet. Check us out on Facebook and give us a, uh, a thumbs up over there. That'd be awesome. And tell somebody. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and what topics you want, any questions you want answered right here on nobody. Oh, uh, help on a Peace. God bless. Mm-hmm.